Tis the season for many awesome things. Good food? Check. A nice little break from school? Check. Oh, and uh, let's not forget the gifts. Big gifts, small gifts. Even that pet lizard your little brother caught and then gave you. Thanks, bro. Whatever the present, receiving a gift is never a bad thing. But have you ever wondered what kicked off the whole presents under the tree holiday? Giving gifts at Christmas actually started with one gift. It was a gift that would ultimately change people, history, and the world. And the thing is, this gift is still impacting people. Because once someone receives this gift, they pass it on to someone else. No wrapping, no card, no lizards. Just a personalized gift that has the potential to change someone's life. Because when it comes to Christmas, it's all in the present. So, uh, you guys ready for Christmas? You like Christmas? You told Dakota you loved Christmas. It's like really close. So, uh, yeah, it's Christmas time. Um, uh, and uh, yes, it is hard to argue with the awesomeness of Christmas. So, um, number one great thing, right, about Christmas is that there's no school um, for what? At least two weeks. And uh, do you guys in high school in Omaha, do you start like new classes in January? Yeah. Or not so much? Most of you do. Michaela does. Yes and no. Okay. It's not exactly like college. Um, you just spend time with family and friends, and you get presents, right? I mean, presents are still awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just good. For two weeks, you sort of get to check out, and um, again, like Thanksgiving, you eat good food, and you, you open presents, and it's great. When I was growing up, um, my dad was a pastor, and so I was at a very small church that was filled with elderly people. And I really appreciated that. I sort of grew to appreciate elderly people. And they were, they were very kind to me because I was the pastor's kid. And I was the baby of the family as well. So I grew up. But they always would tell me um, little sayings or just little pieces of wisdom. And um, it was great. But I remember one time when I was very young, this, this guy came up to me and said, specifically at Christmas time, I, I remember it was Christmas time, and he said, you know that giving is better than receiving, right? And I remember, I don't remember what I said, but I, maybe I think I told him, I said, like, not really, because presents are awesome, and I love getting stuff. I was sort of like, you don't? Like, you know, when you're 10 years old, you don't really give to your parents, you just get stuff. And I was like, if we're honest, like, presents are awesome. Um, but we also know, yeah, we know, like, giving is great, too. And usually at Christmas time, at least by the time you're in high school, I imagine you give something to your siblings, you give something to your parents, probably, and so, yes, we get to get great presents, but we also probably get to experience being generous at least a little bit. Um, maybe you've noticed that generosity and giving are talked about more at Christmas time than at any other time of the year. Have you noticed this? Um, we, as a church, start talking about, in the last couple of years, I think we realized how much people give extra stuff at the end of the year. I don't know exactly why that is. Um, it's a tax write-off for some people, but again, it's sort of just this season of um, I'm going to give more at Christmas, or you get your bonus. I don't know when you give it. So a couple years ago, we sort of started doing, like, let's give these projects out as a church and, and say, if people are going to give extra, maybe we should give them a target to aim for or give it to a specific thing so it doesn't just go to nothing. Um, but in fact, more money is given to charities and churches in December than any other month, by like 25% more than any other month. And uh, it's just a time we naturally think about helping families in need, we, uh, particularly November, December, we maybe think about going down to the open-door mission more often or helping um, any of the, like, you know, food banks or homeless shelters in Omaha, or we give more to charities. Um, World Vision, we sponsor World Vision Kid, 
and uh, they give you this catalog, right? Where I love this. You can like buy goat. You can buy a goat for a family, or like they're like two chickens or twenty five bucks, and you bless this family in Africa with a goat or with two chickens, which is awesome, or a donkey, or you really fork out the big bucks and you get them like an ox or something. Um, you dig a well. But so there's all this stuff. Um, it's also the season that we see and we hear bell ringers, right? Bell ringers. They just show up right after Thanksgiving. Um, they're in front of every Walmart. They're typically at the mall and, um, and virtually every grocery store, right? Um, usually it's for Salvation Army. I don't know anybody else that does bell ringing besides the Salvation Army. Um, just curious, even real quick, anybody raise their hands, have you rung a bell this season already? Okay, like five of you, wow. With a group? Yes? No? By yourself, Jacob man? Yeah? Callie? By yourself? Anyone with a group? Noah? Okay. I feel like, yeah, a lot of times I was just at the pharmacy at Hy-Vee, and there was like this whole mass of girls. Um, but bell ringers, and... Um, it's always the Salvation Army, where they stand there, they like ring the bell, it's, they're just trying to make money um, for Salvation Army, right? But here's the thing, here's what we love about it, um, we know they're not doing it for themselves, you don't get paid, typically it's freezing cold in December, and so we sort of love, like we know that they are not getting anything in return, they are not doing it for selfish reasons at all, um, but besides the fact that just there's a spirit of generosity at Christmas time, and people tend to give, and so that's why Salvation Army puts out these buckets, and, um, and it's great. Now, even though it may make us feel a little uncomfortable, or maybe we find the bell ringing a little, I don't know, annoying at times, there's still something about, it just makes it feel more Christmassy, does it not, to like see them in front of the grocery store, or to see them as you go into Walmart, and you're like, ah, oh, this is just, there's bells ringing, it just makes you think of Christmas, and it just wouldn't be the same without them. Um, for some reason, it just seems like that's the case. Now, here's the other thing, though. Um, there begins to be, I mean, I remember the very first time I was walking into Walmart right after Thanksgiving this year, and I thought two things. For some reason, I noticed the bell ringer, I think, more than I've noticed them in the past. Um, and I thought, oh, wow, yeah, it's that time of year again. Um, but what's the other thing you think of automatically when you walk in? At least I went, like, do I have any money? There's this other part of it that um, is, uh, sort of makes you feel uncomfortable, right? There's a part of you that feels uncomfortable if you like, don't give. At least I feel that way. Maybe as a high school student, you're like, I'm broke, and who cares? I'm just not giving anything. Typically, it's like, so I don't carry cash anymore, so I remember running back to my car and like, searching for any change that I could just because I wanted to like, give to the bucket. There's something about it. Um, and so, but a lot of times, I, you try to avoid eye contact. Like, I don't want to look at the guy, because if I look at him, I'm going to feel even more guilty, right? There's sort of like this guilt to it. Um, and so I try not to, I don't even look at the person. In fact, some of you right now, you go, I'm feeling that way right now, because my pastor at church is talking about giving or money, and maybe you're like, at the end of this, I know what's coming, you're going to ask me to give something, maybe. We don't talk about money all that often at Oasis. Maybe that needs to be a series in the future. But this whole idea of generosity comes with a lot of guilt, doesn't it? It sort of does. We feel guilty because we don't have money to give. Maybe, um, secondly, we don't care as much as we think we should. Like, we just don't care that much about needy people, and we go, maybe there's something wrong with that. Like, why don't I care more? Um, We have nice things, 
And so noticing the needy sometimes reminds us that just other people don't have what we have, and again, makes us feel guilty. Or whenever we do give, it just doesn't feel like all that much. Like seriously, I went back to my like coin tray in my car, it was all pennies, and I seriously, I, everything in there, I put in the bucket, and so it even took me like time like to shove it down in the bucket. I was like, this is probably, I don't know, 30 cents worth in pennies. Like what a cheapskate I am, and it's just because I don't carry cash. They need, this is totally not in mind, they need like credit card swipers on those things, like a new bucket with a credit card swipe, they'd make bang, like they'd just make, bu- like, they'd make all kinds of money, right? For charity, um, there's nothing fun about feeling guilty. And somehow at Christmas, I don't know why that is, but we both sort of appreciate maybe these bell ringers and this, this whole generous sense. And there's also a, a, a very real part of it where um, we feel guilty or stressed. And so the question is, is there a way to enjoy this season of giving without feeling like it's a season of guilting? You know, here's the thing, and maybe this comes with, maybe you don't feel this at church, but uh, maybe your parents do. You know, when it comes to this, even like a year-end gift thing like we're doing at Brookside or you start getting the mail, um, you just get so sick of the asks that maybe you start tuning it out. Um, even before a Christmas was a thing, people, I think, felt this way about giving. Like, in the earliest parts of history, the Bible makes it pretty clear that God wanted his people to give to others. And most often it seems like, I can guarantee, it was out of a sense of like, I have to or I ought to. There was not this warm, fuzzy feeling of putting change into a bucket of a bell ringer. Um, Giving was an obligation, like by law. And therefore, enter guilt. You have to do it, you feel guilty. Um, So that's basically how generosity worked until something in history happened that changed everything. And what do you think that was? Well, obviously, we're talking about Christmas. Christmas happened. The very first Christmas happened. And whether you grew up in church or not, or whether you believe in Jesus or not, whatever, any of that, I'm sure you're familiar with the Christmas story, right? Mary and Joseph have a baby, and there were shepherds, and there were wise men, and um, these animals were there, and there was no room in the inn, and there's, there's a song about a drummer boy being there, but that probably wasn't true, right? I don't know where the song came from. Why is there a little like, five-year-old boy banging the drum? Maybe that was the case. But they're all, there to, they're all there to see this baby. And the baby's not just any baby. The baby is God's son. The baby is God come in the flesh. And um, it's Jesus, the very first Christmas gift. And so we've seen nativity scenes, and we've heard this story so many times that we hear this stuff, and we just are tempted to check out. But I want to challenge us tonight and in this series to actually tune into the message because of the way um, it changed history and because of the way it can change us. See, the first thing we discover about God and the Christmas story is this. The Christmas story begins and centers around one idea. It's around God's generosity, that God in the beginning, before there ever was Christmas, God gave. God gave to us. Um. This isn't your like typical Christmas verse, and you've all heard this before, but um, the Apostle John like perfectly describes what God did. And again, this is very, very simple. But there's this passage in the book of John. He records this message, John, you know, the Apostle John, and um, he writes this, For God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave. God so loved 
the world that he gave. He gave. And we always think that like Christianity is all about us giving or doing more or doing the right list and not doing the wrong list. But before there was any of that, before like the essence at the beginning of Christianity, when it all started, it was because God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. So before the angels started singing, before the shepherds started hightailing it to Bethlehem, before Mary got the news that she'd be a teenage mom, before barn animals and crowded inns, before swaddling clothes and gold and frankincense and myrrh, God decided to give. And it wasn't out of guilt. You know, he didn't have to. It wasn't out of obligation. He wasn't persuaded or pressured or reluctant. He could have done whatever he wanted, but out of his joy and his love for us, he chose to give his son And he didn't start by asking for our generosity. He started by demonstrating his. And again, we all know this, but um, we need to remember the very, very simple, simple message of Christmas. Um, Let me ask you a question. Have you ever given something to someone, not out of guilt, but just because you wanted to? Think about that. Think about the last time you gave something to somebody. Maybe it was their birthday, but I'm thinking beyond family members, and I'm thinking beyond birthday and Christmas. Have you ever given something to somebody, out of, not out of guilt, but just because you cared about them? If you've ever, um, I don't know, donated a meal or made cookies for someone or brought something to your best friend at school because, I don't know, they just went through a breakup. I don't know what you guys have done. There was a family that your parents knew that was hurting. Um, why did you do it? Why did you do it? My guess is it's because you knew or understood their story. You either knew the people in need or you learned about what they were going through, but you, have a pers- you had a personal connection with the person and you saw a need and it moved you to action. And in one way or another, it, it just became personal for you. And I think once it becomes personal, that changes everything. You're going to be more inclined to give when there's a family in your neighborhood who, I don't know, like their house burned down, or there's a family in your neighborhood, or there's a family in your parents' small group who you just, you hear that they're struggling financially, and you're connected to them, and it's personal. When a cashier at Target asks you to give an extra dollar to the cat shelter, you just don't care that much, and you say no, and because it's cats, so like, why give to the cat shelter? Like, okay, maybe, you know, like, you go, okay, for cancer, yes, I'll give a dollar for cancer, but I kid. Sorry if you have cats. The difference between feeling generous and feeling guilty is when it gets personal. Is when it gets personal. And so the same thing, you guys, is very, very true of God, that what makes Christmas so amazing is he didn't give, he didn't present his son um, just because, because he had to, again, because we're some speck of like one of six billion people on this planet, and he goes, oh, I guess it was personal for God. And you and your story, they matter to God. And so God knew you, and he loved you, and he was moved with compassion, and so he gave. And so he doesn't just ask for our, dem- for our generosity, he demonstrates his And he gave because he was so caught up in you and what he wanted for you and his plan for your life and what he knew was best for you. And he wanted to do something to make everything he saw a reality. And so 2,000 years ago, he made the most generous offer humanity has ever known. And he gave his son. And again, this is where it gets real is 
you go, again, I, I'm hurt, I know that Jesus Christ died for me. And you go, that's really, that's quite the sacrifice. Um, here's why it's so huge. is because of Romans 6.23. I always, you can't skip over this. Then Romans 6.23 says, um, the wages of sin is death. And so you go, well, good job for Jesus. Yeah, he died for me. Why did he have to do that? Because the wages of sin is death. Okay, like, who, why does that matter? Jesus didn't sin. No, like we did, right? And we all do. And the wages, the penalty of sin is death. And so it's not just this grand heroic act. Like, that's your death penalty, that the wages of sin is separation from God, eternally without God in a place that I think would be very, very um, dark or scary or selfish or um, uh, just not great without God. And he took that for you so that we don't have to experience that. That verse in John could easily be read this way, that you could say God so loved you that he gave. He gave. He gave his one and only son that if you believe, if you trust, maybe a better word there is to simply trust in what he did for you, that his death penalty took your punishment, that you would not perish, but have eternal life. So as we get into this Christmas season, um, at least tonight, I'm not going to ask you to give anything. I'm not going to ask you to give money or uh, to give anything, but I want you to look and be amazed at God's generosity toward you. The whole first Christmas was wrapped up in God um, and in this present for you, and he gave it because you and your story, it's personal to him. He knows you inside and out, and he, he doesn't do it because he, felt, he feels guilty. He cares deeply for you, whether you believe in him in, or not, whether you say you're a Christian or not, um, whatever you've gone through or done in your past. Um, he did it for you. So, I want you to close your eyes real quick, and I want you to imagine this scenario. So humor me here and actually do this. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine for a moment that you're one of those bell ringers, right? Okay, you got a bell in your hand, um, and there's a bucket there. But this bucket isn't for the Salvation Army. This bucket is for you. Um, You're standing there, and I guess you still ring a bell because it's a way to get people's attention, but um, it's because you need the money. Imagine standing in front of a Walmart in front of a store, and you're ringing a bell, but it's, it's because you're homeless, and you're desperate. I mean, just like one of those guys that are on the side of the road with a sign, and, um, but that's you. You have nothing. You cannot go home tonight to your house and to your bed. Um, you're alone. You're there with the bell and the sign, but you have no home to go to. You have no idea where you'll spend the night or what you'll do for food. Um, and not a single person like does anything. Not a single person responds to you. Um, no one is generous toward you. No one gives you anything. Everyone avoids eye contact. They drive by or they walk up or whatever, but no one stops and you start to feel desperate. And you don't even have a dime. Keep your eyes closed. Now imagine a guy calls out to you. And, uh, and this guy knows your name. He calls you by name. It isn't creepy. He's concerned. Um, he tells you he knows that you've been hurting. He tells you he knows your story. He tells you he knows why you're out there, and um, he'd like to put something in the bucket. And so he starts to pour into your bucket. Just picture this. He starts to pour into your bucket more change and more dollar bills and more paper and all this money, more than you've ever seen before. And it doesn't stop, right? It starts to fill up your bucket, and it overflows your bucket, but he still pours it out 
And you might start to think like you'll never have to worry about money again, and you probably won't. And then picture this, the guy pulls out a checkbook and he hands you a check with your name on it and it's addressed to you free out for $1 million. So you'd be a millionaire and he hands it to you. Um, you can open your eyes. That, that sort of act of generosity would just leave us speechless, right? I mean, again, it's like we live in such comfort, every one of us, and we may have messed up home lives or angry parents or mean parents or whatever you think about your parents or your family or your brother or whatever. But you will go home tonight to a house, I'm 90% sure. <laughs> Maybe somebody in here is homeless. But we, we like, we are so, so it's hard to get our minds around what a homeless person might actually feel like. But sort of spiritually, that's what we all were. And I think that kind of generosity is really a picture of what God has actually done for us when he sends us Jesus the very first Christmas. When he gives us himself. He fulfills our debt. Everything that we've done against God, um, it's fulfilled. And it was, it was just an act of grace. He wasn't obligated to do it. He chose to do it because your story was personal. And so again, God doesn't just ask for our generosity. It started, it all started when he demonstrated his. So this Christmas, I want you to think about how much you've been given and um, and every time, I don't know, every time you think about the real true purpose of Christmas or see a nativity scene or whatever, I want you to remember why that happened. Because you are known and loved by God and your story is personal to Him. And when you understand how much you've been given, you will feel less obligated to give, I think, out of guilt. And more just because you want to, because you, um, you want to be generous toward others. So um, I'm going to pray, and uh, we actually have like some time. Eli, I don't. Do you want to? Could you grab a guitar? Or we could sing something. Sing uh, first song again, or I don't know what it is, but um, or else we could just sit and chat too. Um, I do want to mention this. I just thought of this last minute. Um, our church has a cool relationship with the Open Door Mission, and I said I wasn't going to like ask you to like go and give or something, but. Um, we sort of once a month do go to the, to the Open Door Mission and do this thing called Saturday Serve. And uh, so if you've never done that, I mean, maybe your family goes, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's this Saturday, there's like, Brookside goes in two shifts, nine to, to noon in the morning, or one to three in the afternoon. And you do have to like RSVP on the church website, just look for Saturday Serve. But maybe your family's going, maybe you go, hey, like you get a group of friends together even tonight and go, hey, we should do that on Saturday, I'm, I'm free. Or your small group does it or something, but... Um, this time of year, it's a great thing to do to give to those in need. But let me pray. God, um, I, thank you for, uh, I thank you for this time of year. And God, some of us, it's still so busy. We have finals coming up. We're thinking of finals that are even next week. They're a week away, but we are worried about them now. Um, there's just lots going on. There's presents to buy, even for us in high school. Maybe we feel stressed. Um, God, I was thinking about that song that we sang earlier tonight, and we, we sang and we sing that, um, I don't even remember the exact words, but that we're like, Jesus, you're our, only, you're, you're our only God. You're the only reason we sing. But God, for a lot of us, there's all kinds of other things that clutter that, and you're not the only reason we sing. God, it's good for us to say that. It's a reminder for us to say that. Um, but Lord, we, uh, there's, just, there's just so many things that vie for our, our attention. Um, God, when we think about this topic of generosity, 
God, I pray that we would just a little bit be melted by the fact that you gave. God, it all started because you so loved the world that you gave. And it's not because we, you don't ask us to be generous first. You started the whole thing. And I think that simple act changed history. It changed how people treated each other. It changed all kinds of stuff. But God, may we remember this Christmas season, your act of generosity. And God, may it compel us to, um, to respond with generosity to others. And God, that doesn't mean money. We don't have money, some of us. But God, we can give of our time. We can be patient with people. We can, um, I don't know, we can give that person in our class or at school that's sort of a loner, we can give them um, something that most people just don't give them, and we can choose to not ignore them. But God, whatever it is, help us to like bring this home to our hearts. God, help us to be the kind of people that are very, very generous, because you were generous to us first. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.